Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Footwork with a shot clock at three. Hawkins going to have to hurry. Hawkins with one to shoot, contested three ball. Clearly now nearly stolen. It is stolen. Galloway's got it. Good Shapito behind the back. Plays it home. Oh my goodness. Nice pass. Oh, what a Two. Uh, they never got reconnected. Corner to find a lean. Offensive rebound. pass. Oh, what a feed. How about that read? Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams. Backing him in. Turns. Shoots. Scores. There it is. All hail the new king in town. Young and old gather round from one iconic Laker to another. King, LeBron James has passed the captain. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning and Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, currently drinking the official coffee of coffee and cream from the Beanery. Four locations, Gretna, Papillion, Ashland, and the new one uh, that they opened off of 168th and Giles. As I do my coffee all the time, it is hot, it is not ice, but you can really get whatever you want over at the Beanery. And it seemed like uh, LeBron could get whatever he wanted after he beat the scoring record. Because not only did he get the big ceremony after it happened, but he also got the microphone with 10 seconds to go in the third. Yeah. How you doing, DB? (laughs) Good morning. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty lebron right? I, I don't know, I, I, sh- I don't want to, s- listen, I'm, I don't want to be that guy, but I kind of want to be that guy. Be that guy. Nah. Be I, him. I, I just, again, uh, so it's kind of what I've always thought about him, just lack of, lack of self-awareness, <laughs> you know, where am I, what am I doing? And is it about me? And I get it's it. It's LeBron's right? world. We're just living in it. Uh, apparently. You know, 10 seconds to go, and then we're going to do a a thing. Not a quick thing. It's a thing. <laughs> and then in 10 seconds later, we're going to finish the Take a the breather. Quarter. We're going to finish out the quarter. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Some of that is – that's on the Lakers too, man. It's just not LeBron. It's like you could have waited. I don't know. You're going to have your party. It would have been nice if you won. You didn't do that either. I mean, okay. Taking L's. Did I? I L's for LeBron. I was talking about OKC with Joel yesterday. You were. Um, It's a dangerous team. But I I don't know. I'm just watching all this stuff happen in the news. And I'm like, I'm just kind of over it. And I'm a diehard Lakers fan. But – I'm experiencing a little bit of LeBron fatigue. I would feel better if they were winning. But listen, man, I mean, the guys had, what was it, 14.02 out of 14.10. He scored in double figures. 1,174 mm-hmm. games. Five now with 20-plus points. He's hit more clutch shots. He has more clutch points in playoff history than – anyone like he's done it all so i should be like yes celebrate your individual accomplishments i don't know i just i I feel like denny downer 
because number one, I want you to win the games. Number two, I'm kind. I'm a greater good guy, right? Like at that moment, finish out, finish out the the quarter. But do you know why it bugs me? Because we're talking about that instead of mm-hmm. the accomplishment. Yeah, and that I feel like well, you put me in a tough spot. But I can't overlook that. Well, I, I can't overlook the fact that you just grabbed the mic for minutes. Yeah. <laughs> with 10 seconds to go into third. Or right. should I? Yeah. No. So I told you prior to starting the show this morning, they should have waited until the end of the game for one. Those fans would have stuck around. They would have stuck around if you told Did them, you hey, LeBron's going to talk two hours Gosh. after. Well, and you pay for tickets, and then right when the moment's about to take place – Everybody has their computer pocket out, yeah. and they're just waiting to capture the moment as if you're the only person about to do that. And if you saw the photo on Twitter, and these are things that I like to pay attention to because, you know, a while back it was the Michelob Ultra guy when Tiger was Tiger. taking his tee shot, right? And he was just standing there with his Ultra, and everybody else had their phones out. And we live in such a digital world now where – people want to be the one to capture the moment or they want to prove to their friends or whoever the world that they were there in that moment because they have the video. Um, But you look at that photo and you, if you see the landscape of fans behind the hoop, everybody has their phone out, but one person. And that one person is sitting courtside. Um, At first I thought it was Michael Caine. No, it was Phil Knight. Phil Knight just sitting there next to LeBron's boys and just watching the moment. That's probably what I would do. I would like to say I would do that, but I I don't know if I would. I think I would be pulled into the people with phones. I've done that before, and I've missed some moments. And I think part of it is just my personality because I hate taking pictures or having pictures taken Mm -hmm. of me, so I'm not a picture taker. Now I'll tell you what, though. You talk about stealing the moment. Because you're like, hey, you know, like, what are we focusing on? What are we here for? Why are we talking about the fans with phones? Why are we talking about LeBron with the mic? Why will I bring up right now that AD was sitting down on the bench when that happened? <laughs> like, you know, we, we talk about all the things that surround the achievement. But in hindsight, it's like, is that because we just, are LeBron fatigued. I just, or, I just, I think that's part of it. Or is it I, we like to focus on other storylines that I, I, surround the big one? I think that's part of it. I, what, that's the first thing I asked you when I walked in. I said, "Which am I over more? The LeBron James thing or Aaron Rodgers?" I was even going to throw in. Dylan Rayola, but that could actually benefit Nebraska, so I'm kind of <laughs> you're kinda kind of still, on board with that. Still <laughs> with that. But it's like I do think, um, you know, I know the f- <laughs> and they and they're doing some interviews because I think they want to acquiesce, but I think the family's ready to move on too, which is why I think he'll commit relatively soon. Do you think by the end of spring ball or the start of spring ball, which one? Um. Like, if I had to guess, I would say he commits before May. So spring will... He's going to watch Nebraska's spring game and just be like, this is my place. So you think he this comes back on the 25th and the 22nd of April? 
Because he's here on the 25th of March. Right. Is he the last? Is that like the last visit for him out of the pool of schools that he's like left mm-hmm. as his favorites? I don't know. I think he's got all his officials. Well, he has a couple left, I know for sure. Right. So, I mean, because the difference between an unofficial is one the school pays for, the other you're just coming out. Mm-hmm. So. Shows interest, though, too. Well, duh. Right. Yeah. But, that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, but you're going to come, you're gonna come, you're gonna come see your you're going to come see your uncle and your alma mater a couple oh. times, right? Uh, well, maybe like if if my uncle attended a school that I didn't really want to go to, like uh, I wouldn't say like that's the reason. Yeah, so here's the thing though, but your dad is going to go see his brother and that's your mm-hmm. dad's school. I'm pretty sure it's not going to hurt you to go. Correct. Right? Correct. You don't have to be sending any sort of meaningful message you're just gonna go now we'll be the ones that read into it oh he loves it oh he doesn't love it oh mm-hmm. he's gonna commit oh he's not but i mean i mean if i was in that same situation and that was that was my dad's alma mater i'd go why not okay <laughs> they're recruiting you right okay so what i meant by that was more if you have interest of being there like versus like, hey, I, I'm going to I, see. I see. I don't know. Just I don't, my family. I don't know. The, there's a. I think he came to the spring. Game, I think he came to the spring game last year, and he wasn't interested in coming to Nebraska. So. Um, well, then Matt Rule sent 18 coaches down there to say hello. Well, I just think that there was a lot. There was a lot going on, um, you know, because he committed to Ohio State a week after, you know, 10 days after being in Lincoln, you know, and and I think he had his well, mind made up. Well, I just I, I think there were some things that he told Nebraska not to do, and they did it anyway. <laughs> and it just further mm-hmm. showed that they weren't really paying attention. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But you don't come to the spring game in Lincoln and then commit someplace else, you know, within the next ten days and have had interest in coming to school at Nebraska. And for them, in my opinion, I could totally see it. I'm not going to say rightfully so, but, I mean, he's asked for a few simple things. <laughs> this is all. Just a few simple things. And and that wasn't a thing. So, I mean, they they moved on. But um, back in the fold now, and you've heard a couple of people. I don't know. I haven't seen any. I, I try not to pay attention to crystal balls. I'm sure they're out there. I don't know where he's being crystal balled to. But, I mean, we heard Sam. Mm-hmm. You know, on our show, and uh, I wanted to grab Mitch, but he was kind of doing the radio tour, so I gave we gave him a rest this week just because, like everybody else was talking to him, so I was like, eh, give him some time, just to be refreshing and do something different. But um, I think I didn't get a good sense after Mitch Sherman did the sit down that Mitch thought he was going to be Lincoln bound. I don't know. It's always interesting with with recruits, especially super high profile, because I can only relate to to what's going on in in our house. I do think there's some recency bias, right? Like, what school was I just? Well, that's why I think there could be some benefit to Nebraska being on the back end of some visits. Yeah, but it's not going to sneak up on him though. Like what? So why though? Like like what doesn't he know about Nebraska? They sent nine coaches. Right, your uncle's there. You've been there numerous times. Mm-hmm. 
Like, what don't you think he knows? I feel like you learn something new every time you go a place. Yeah. Like, you I, see I mean, something I, I, different. I don't, but I think with schools, like, you know. Like, you, I, I think you know. Now, is there something to going last? Probably not to the school. Maybe a coach in your home, though. But I don't think – the school isn't going to change. And at some point – like, I think you're kind of over the dog and pony show of of the pageantry and the red carpet. I just... The school may not change, but when you look at maybe certain situations or players or like... Because things are... They're ever-changing every, every single day. Um, you may show up... St- and st- stuff, is, stuff is different every day at our job. Right, but that's, and, but and that's what does, I'm saying. It, like, it could be a different it conversation. It doesn't sway me, though. Right, but it could be a different conversation of, hey, you know, maybe we see you here quicker. Like, you know, if, if, you, if you showed up, maybe it's a day one thing. I, I think if it, if it comes down to that, then it's not about, it's, it's not about what I think being recruited needs to be about. Like, on the fourth time or the fifth time, are you going to say, is something going to sway you? Probably hey. not after five. Well, I, well, let's say after three. Well, after three, probably not either. Well, that's kind of But that doesn't mean you won't learn something new. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't have to move your needle, though. I mean, you can die on that right. hill. It's totally cool in the conversation. It doesn't have to move But I don't think it's going to – it doesn't – it's not – it doesn't necessarily have to sway you. I don't want you – I don't want you to even say, like, sway. I mean, I just want to make you think. Like, yeah, I just, look, I, at, look at a situation and, and you know – is that something new? You've been recruited to come to a couple of different jobs. And I think after like X amount of times, I think you know if that's a place for you or not. That's basically what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I, I look at yeah other factors outside of just like the sport. So, you know, those things stay the same. Mm. Uh, but like what happens in-house could change. Yeah, I don't know. But I will say this, you know, if you look at the interest of the schools that he's getting, which is Nebraska, USC, Oregon, Georgia, you know, when Sam said, hey, I think there's a good chance that Nebraska lands Rayola, when you have other schools like the ones I just pulled in with Nebraska, you would think, really? Like, you don't think Georgia is going to take the number one quarterback recruit? You don't think USC, who's had Heisman winners left and right, is going to appeal to him more than Nebraska? But then you look at situations, right? You you remember that, hey, USC has a 2023 five-star right now in Malachi Nelson. Uh, why would they want to get a – why would Rayola want to put himself in the position a year later? He didn't want to do that at Ohio State, so why would he want to do that at USC? You look at the Bulldogs and think, you know, despite the fact that Kirby Smart is recruiting him hard, uh, you have Todd Munkin that may or may not be there. And not to say an OC is end-all, be-all for uh, a kid coming in 2024 because they will establish themselves prior to that point. But it could play a factor too. I mean, you look at Nebraska, and it's one school that has their head screwed on straight. They have a path, they have a plan, they have a coach long-term, and they, they have set their stage and basically shown him everything that they're willing to do or can do with him. Yeah, I think the, the, there's a lot that we're missing in that kind of 
linear scenario. I think number one, we don't know what it is that make that that stokes the fire from a competitive standpoint, right? How much does he want to win? Um, how much is who he's playing with a factor? Because sometimes I think we we just make it about the opportunity. I think sometimes you know people. You know, they, they want to win and have success, too. So And it's not just about their opportunity. Because I think what people will figure out, and I, and I tell this, I say this in our house all the time, football is not one of those sports where one person can independently change a program. Now, that can definitely be a start. You know, T for A's needed help. Right when we talk about those teams and we talk about that recruiting class, we talk about thirty other guys that were on that team. Right, a Weger, a Zadiska, a Ned Stewart, a Stye, a Baron Miles, a Tyrone Williams. Like, you needed way more than that, and he missed a good chunk of time, and he was still an integral part as the prize quarterback recruit. We saw Ohio State have a couple of number ones in the stable at the quarterback spot. And they all didn't last because it's not easy in a team game where you need other things to go right around you. We've seen what's happened with Quinn Ewers. Like the quarterback spot, it's interesting. I, I, I just think we don't we don't evaluate it, right? Because I don't know if we appreciate enough of the things other than physical attributes. Your willingness to compete. Like, has it ever gone bad for you? Has it always been rainbows and butterflies? Do you elevate other people around you? How much do you win? How do you play against good teams when all things aren't equal? I think I just think too often when critiquing the, the quarterback spot, we look at measurables. And you know what's funny about that? Like, that's our fault. We know better. Like, we know better. You've seen... Somebody gave me the analogy the other day. Jeff George, Joe Montana. Well, you watch these guys work out, you're probably taking Jeff George, right? right? Jeff George doesn't win near as much as, as Joe Montana. Uh, Tom Brady does it differently than Lamar Jackson. Russell William, Wilson does did it differently than, than Trevor Lawrence. Like, we know. We've seen all mm-hmm. these case studies about differences in – Drew Brees is not upstairs. like Drew Brees is not like Peyton Manning physically, but yet when we come when we when we evaluate quarterbacks, boy, we sure try to lock in on a couple of things, and it's like, why do we do that to ourselves? There's a reason we miss on a lot of first round picks at quarterback, because there are a lot of other things that go into it. Other, you think Zach Wilson isn't pretty captivating physically? But here we, you know, we do, we, it's what we do, man. We just, we, 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 we fall in love with physical attributes. And I'm telling you, sure as I'm sitting here, 75% of being able to function in a competitive environment like that, like Division One sports, is your mind. There's a certain baseline that everybody has physically. It's your mind. Can you repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again? Have a couple of hiccups, repeat it again, and handle it. That's the whole key. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to be gifted in that upper 5% as one of those difference makers, like a Ruggs or, you know, a, 
uh, a Devontae Smith or some guys like that, a Cam Newton. That's great, but there's only a handful of teams around the country that have them. It's those other teams that are coming that can continue to do the same thing over and over every day and know that you may not be at your best. It's College is hard, and it's not just about how far you can throw it uh, and how quick you can get to your five-step. And I think what he's been doing, going back to Rayola here, because you took a deep dive just into all things quarterback on the inside and out, and I, it's, it's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, we talk about the move that he's making from Chandler to Pinnacle. And yeah, that, that, that gave you some pause. And it did give me some pause because at first I was like, well, you always ask the question, why, right? Because you, you had some success at Chandler. Why would you want to make another move prior to then another move? Mm-hmm. Because you know me in moves, I'm a guy that likes somebody that sticks around. Mm-hmm. I want you, whether or not things are easy, things are hard, that, hey, you're just not bouncing because even though you're surrounding yourself with better talent, because that's what he's doing in this case, Pinnacle's probably a better team this year opposed to Chandler. Just because you're doing that, but that how, how strong are you mentally now? Like, can you fight through when, thing, when there's a little bit of adversity? Did you have to win another state championship prior to going to high school? Did you think you couldn't at Chandler? Well, are you thinking that because it's a you thing? These are all rhetoricals. Right, yeah. yeah are you I thinking you. that because the talent around you just isn't there and you're seeing that? Is that going to translate when you come to college? Because if you come to Nebraska, then you're not going to see that right away. You just won't. You may start something great. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago when we said, hey, this is if, if you bring in Rayola, this is a guy that can bring in a lot of other people just because you brought in him to play with. We think. Right, exactly. That's probably a better way to put it. We think you can bring in yeah. other people. Can you, can you really convince other people to do that? And if you can't, are you going to make a move because you want to surround yourself with talented people because you want to win? Mm. So... All things to consider. A lot of rhetorical questions out there about Dylan Rayola, but it, it, I think all of that ties back into your point of, hey, outside of the physical attributes, what's going on on the inside? How big's your heart? Yeah, I, like, just, how, I just how big how big and strong are you on the interior? I just think quarterbacks are different um, because there's only one of them, and I got into this this great debate and it came up multiple years in a row with uh man michael severe and he, i think i'm kind of coming over to his side where he said i'm always i'm the guy that says quarterback i'm i'm the guy that says competition is good i want competition all the time i look around town like i want competition i'm competitive you were severe saying that this is me and okay. i'll get to the conversation right yeah. so i said so i want Nebraska the last 10 years, I think it started with maybe Jebbia or some of the quarterbacks. And I'm like, man, I'm, quarterback competition is good. Quarterback competition is good. And he's like, listen, DB, quarterback is the one position where you want a guy and you don't want competition. And we'll get into why he says it. And I fought <laughs> it for years. It's a, it's a good point. And now I'm, I, now I'm kind of, yeah. I don't know. But I'll state both cases when we come back. Hey, lots more to get to, and uh, we'll set up the show, too, next.